Welcome to Vibe Talk Awaken. I'm your host, Vibe Queen. On the show, we will get to know artists, entrepreneurs, and coaches living life in their truth after experiencing an awakening. We'll talk about their journey, wisdom, and any tools they've learned along their path. Thank you so much for being here. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Vibe Talk Awaken. I'm your host, Vibe Queen. I'm super excited to have this week's guest, Salma. She is a writer. She's an intuitive healing life coach and founder of GetOutTheTrap.com. Her work is to help you find where you are trapped and guide you through the process of releasing surrendering and letting go. She takes on the form of what spirit needs her to as she bridges the gap between the spiritual realm and the physical. Wow. So we're going to dive all the way into all of that. So I'm really excited. How are you feeling, Salma? I feel great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. I'm excited to reconnect with you and we can talk about that a little bit too. And just being here, I'm, I'm very grateful. Thank you. I know we connected through Instagram. We chatted before we we went live and uh, I was going through my feed and we connected on a, a quote. You reminded me, I shared a quote that you mentioned. And it's so funny because I was completely not on a spiritual path back then. So it's really interesting how your right. Instagram almost can show your own journey right. in essence yeah. of where you were. And so I found a video that you shared on YouTube and you shared it during the height of everything that's going on when the riots were happening. I remember one point in the video, you even had this moment of awareness where you're like, guys, there's helicopters outside. And I yeah. was watching this video of you and I was so in it. Oh my God. Right. Like I was just sucked in. <laughs> and so I just felt so compelled to reach out to you. And I left a comment on your blog and I was like, I hope she sees this because I need to have her on my podcast and talk to her. Her perspective is spot on in, in the regard of that this is a spiritual war because that's exactly yes. what I was talking about right. during that time period. And a lot of people misunderstood what I meant. So right. I guess my question for you is, did you see that right out the gate or... How did that process unfold for you? Curious. I remember I was living in Atlanta at the time and I remember waking up the morning after the riots and I lived in the Buckhead area. There was helicopters and they were so loud and I'm like, oh my God, I hear the helicopters and this is just so crazy to me. But yeah, I remember walking around the neighborhood and seeing like beer cans and fireworks and I realized something clicked for me. I realized there's something greater that's happening and people are falling for it and people have been falling for it for a very long time, which is this idea of of wanting people not to see that they actually innately have their power, but that to, to almost trick them into, it's like the trickster archetype, to trick them into thinking something outside of them has their power and something outside of them has to give them their freedom. And so then, yeah, I think I just made that video from that space of being really annoyed, being someone who could see something that I felt the people were not seeing and falling for. It just, I think I was in a space of irritation. That's why I was like, you guys wake up. Like, right. Black America, wake up. Gotcha. And so what was the feedback that you got when you shared that? And did you get any backlash from any friends or family? Or can you share your experience? No, I didn't get any backlash at all, actually. Surprisingly, I was expecting some backlash on the video even. And I don't think I got any negative remarks or anything. And mostly because I think for me, I've been so solid in the way that I think for a few years now that my family in the beginning, I think of my journey, my transition and things changing, there was so much backlash. There was so much, so much, almost like how dare you energy? Like how dare you change the way you think? How dare you no longer participate in our shenanigans, in our games, in our lack-based thinking? A lot of that was me too, like my own shadow 
saying those things to me. And I, I think in a lot of ways now I can look back and say, oh, I was just projecting that onto everyone else and making it seem like they didn't support me and feeling like they were against me when really it was more so myself. So I think in a lot of ways we can get caught in that frame of thinking that something is outside of us is against us when really it's inside. And so can you share with us what your, I guess, spiritual awakening journey looked like? I know it's really ongoing. That's something I'm realizing yes. now too, yeah. is that I fell into the trap of, oh, my spiritual awakening has happened. I'm awakened now. And it's, no, you're still waking up. And so I'm curious if you can share with us what that journey looked like for you. And was it like a defining moment or was it very gradual? So this is, this would be a really long story, but it, I feel that my whole life was a progress of, was, I was going through the progression of waking up like throughout my whole life, because I think I didn't belong anywhere. I grew up with immigrant parents and I grew up in predominantly white neighborhoods. And so I would be this kid. My parents are Muslim, so I was raised under Islam. And so um, wearing the hijab and being in these white neighborhoods, especially after 9-11 and wow. also black African. And so I felt my identity was all over the place. And in a lot of ways, I just felt like I didn't belong. So what that made me was hyper aware of my surroundings, of the people around me, of everything that I was in. I just became super hyper aware. So I would observe. I was a very observant kid growing up and even into my older years. So I feel like my awareness was always there because I felt like I needed to be hyper aware of my surroundings just to feel safe because everything felt so unsafe to me. And so I think I didn't have a spiritual awakening until I was always very connected to God, very, not in a religious sense. I come from a very religious family, but not in a religious sense. I just felt this deep connection with faith and understanding that I would be okay. Like I was protected. I did feel this overlying feeling of protection my whole life, but I think it was around 2017 that it was in 2017 that I really was like, I can't live like this anymore. I was partying. I was going out a lot. I was drinking. I was doing things that felt so uncomfortable. And there was this almost like very quiet sense of misery, very quiet sense of suffering that I was feeling, but I was drowning in, drowning myself in ways to escape from that, to not have to feel that sense of like misery and sense of suffering. And then I looked around at all the people around me, everyone was so fake. Like we were really all fake as fuck. Like we were just didn't really connect with each other. Everyone was that I felt was around me at the time was almost afraid of vulner vulnerability oh, and yeah. being seen and being heard and really having their own opinions and standing for something. And, and the people that were around me were just, there were so many rules. There were so many rules. And that's when I realized, man, we are, we are literally in a box. We're in a, we're in boxes within boxes. And it's like the crabs in a bucket analogy where I felt like we were all crabs and we were all in a bucket together. And I felt like if anyone even there was no love there. And so I think that really, I felt like that pushed me into having to look at life differently and having to really pick up a book and read and really look at what's out there that I don't know. What do I not know that I need to? And then I discovered a whole new world, like magical. Was there a specific book that you read or was there some, was there something that pushed you towards maybe a rock bottom or something that kind of finally right. led you to that place? Yeah. That I think it was just the I think it was just having that observing nature and just being around so many people and realizing none of us really are like 
able to connect with each other and love each other in a real way. If anything, everyone is in this mentality of doggy dog and let's bring each other down, but pretend like we're really supporting each other and looking out for each other. And for me, that just felt, I was so fed up with that. I think, and so I did in 2017, I, that was what pushed me into having to look at what else is out there. And so the first book I picked up was The Slight Edge. I think my cousin or my sister, somebody recommended it. it was, it's called The Slight Edge and I don't remember the author, but I remember reading that book and not being able to not, I, I couldn't stop reading it. Cause I'm like, this is everything I've ever thought to myself. Like so many concepts that I would think in my head, but because I never felt like I had the language or the ability to really think in that way because that was never presented to me because of the public school system. It doesn't really, I went all the way to college and got a degree. I don't feel that I learned anything of true value during that time. And so when right. I was reading that, those books, when I read wow. The Slight Edge and, and then I started reading other books, I'm like, this is everything I've ever thought to myself from almost like a sense of God talking to me, but I couldn't access those things from my educational mind. I couldn't access those things. I thought I was just a little bit crazy. Like, right. oh, I thought these things like I didn't, yeah, you too, you had that experience too. Yeah, I that? did. Yeah. So I, I wasn't born and raised here. Race thing was a big issue for me because I was bullied in Holland. That's where I grew up. Mm -hmm. And so I remember being very aware as a kid and I would look in the mirror and I'm like, I don't think I'm that ugly. I don't think I'm that mm -hmm. weird looking. Why are they picking on me? So that was very strange for me as a child. I was very aware. And I would even meditate before I would go to sleep as a kid, not knowing that what I was doing was meditating because I would ask questions to myself like, why am I here? what is the purpose of this? Mm -hmm. Not realizing that asking yourself questions that you can't answer mm -hmm. puts you in a meditative state. That's actually a form of meditation, which I didn't even know that. And so I was doing things like that as a child and that would help me fall asleep. Weird stuff is that. And I asked my parents about this and my parents were just like, oh, you're like, I don't know what to do with this. My parents were young. My mom had me at 17. Like they didn't know what to do. Now I can look at it like they did the best they could. Absolutely. And so being bullied in Holland, then coming here, then kids would say, oh, you talk like a white girl. And I'm just all confused because I'm like, I'm finally in a, in a country with kids that look like me. Now I can have friends that look like me. And now they're telling me I act too white when the white right. kids in this country said I'm too black. Yeah. It was such a mind, yeah. mind fuck. So mm -hmm. I was like, I, the whole race thing was a big one for me. That's why I really connected with your video when you talked about the fact that this is all a game because that's when it clicked for me. I'm like, this is just all an agenda because what I experienced in that country and I know what racism feels like because I felt it. Mm -hmm. It was a joke to me to think in this day and age, we are supposed to feel oppressed and the whole anti-racism and all of this. And I'm like, you guys have no idea what I experienced. This is like a joke. And so I'm like, I'm not denouncing that it doesn't exist. Of course it exists. Yeah. But to the scale of the way they're publicizing it and the way... Right. I've lost friendships and the way I see some people, some white people giving up their privilege and just, it's almost like they're hating their own skin they're in. Everybody yeah. should be proud of the skin you're born into. A lot of guilt and a lot of shame and a lot Low of- frequency. Yeah. And so I think it's all a distraction. Like to me, I just look at it, it's all a distraction because at the end of the day, my whole thing was with Black Lives Matter, I, I, I don't understand it because why do we need to prove that our lives matter to anyone. Why do we need to, why do we need to 
look for validation from someone other than ourselves that our lives matter. And my whole thing in that video was we need to take our energy back and we need to come back in community and we need to talk to each other and we need to sit with each other and we need to figure out what works for us and how we can build our confidence really and build our esteem and build our ability to, because here's the thing, like no one's denying the fact that there's white privilege and that there's racism. If you look at the whole system, actually, it's be it benefits white people. Like that, that's what it is. If you look at the system of America, it is a system that where certain institutions are put into place that benefit a certain group of people. Not all white people, because there's a lot of white people who are struggling. And even if you watch that movie on um, Netflix, Hillbilly Elegy, I think it's called, it shows the country poor white people's story. And I think there was so much backlash. That movie was created in a lot of ways. People were really angry about it and just, for me, how dare you show a different narrative? Yeah, how dare you show a different narrative? Exactly. And I was just like, no, this is the truth. Most people are struggling. But the thing right. is, the narrative has always been the black person or the brown person or person of color who's struggling. And then the white person who's the hero. If you go back and watch right. some movies, the archetypes are always, oh, either the black or the Mexican or the person of color. The Hispanic person is the person who is the criminal most of the time. And then the white person right. is the savior. And it's usually the white man that's the savior. And so there's all these archetypes and we have to understand this is programmed into our minds and our minds are what is what creates for us. And so if the program is I'm someone who doesn't have the capability because I've never seen anything other than me being a criminal or me being a an, someone who has absolutely no ability to articulate anything, just an idiot, then I, I feel that you could start to feel like you really have no value. And I think that's the Black Lives Matter. And that's why it, piss, it makes me so angry is because it's so close to the truth. But it's, yeah, you feel you have no value. You do feel that way because you've been made to feel that way. You, the systems in that have been put in- Manipulation. Absolutely right. have manipulated us to feel like we have no value, to feel like we can't, we, and if you feel like you have no value, then you don't have access to your creative powers because in order to actually even create anything, you need to feel like you have value. You need to feel like you have something to bring to the table. You need to feel like you can get out of your own way and understand the divinity within yourself. But Black Lives Matter, it's just so, it's so manipulative in the sense that it's like taking something that's real, which is we feel that we don't have any value because it was created to be that way, the programming, and then twisting it saying, okay, now you need to prove that you need someone else to give you access to your own value. You know what I mean? And so exactly. I find that it's so misleading. That's what it is. That's right. the word. It's so misleading. And that's why I think maybe you connected with that video as well. I, I try not to focus on it too much. I like that video is what really um, resonated with you. But for me personally, I'm, I try to focus more so on as a black person, what does it mean to value myself? What does it mean to believe in myself? And then we go into understanding the system more and the traps more. And then really the more you understand, the more you can find a sense of freedom and a sense of liberation, and even a self sense of esteem for yourself. And so something I want to touch on before we go into the traps, because I really want to talk about that, is that when you look at other nations, I think in Yugoslavia, they did the same thing. It takes about 30 years to demoralize a generation of people. A man named Yuri, he's ex-KGB. And so he breaks it down. It takes 15 to 20 years to demoralize a nation. Then you want to use a major crisis. And that takes about two to five years. And then you never want to let a crisis go to waste. Mm -hmm. And then you want to present a solution. And then if you present a the solution, then the country looks at your government as you're a hero mm -hmm. sound familiar 
Oh my Sound God. Right. There's a great divide. Right. And now you have a solution. We all know what the solution is. So we won't go down the conspiracy theory, you know, rabbit hole in this episode, but you get my drill. And so this has already happened before, not on this scale, of course, but so I think it was in Yugoslavia. Obviously there's no race issue. Everybody looks the same. So you have religion. Mm. And so you divide through religion. Mm -hmm. And so this is the thing. If you look at history, we can learn from our history. Absolutely. And so when I went down the rabbit hole, I'm like, oh, why are they changing history? Why are things being rewritten? And then you look at things like Common Core. I didn't even know what that was because I don't have any children. So I don't really research education. And so mm -hmm. when I went down these rabbit holes of like Common Core, which was introduced into our education system under the Obama administration, mm -hmm. Common Core sounds good on the surface. It's all about critical thinking. And, but certain things shouldn't be about critical thinking. Like the Declaration of Independence, is no, that, there's no critical thinking. That's what it is. <laughs> you should just teach right. kids so what it is. Can you tell me about Common Core? Because I don't know what that is. Um. So Common Core is basically the new standard way of teaching children our education. And it became instituted, I believe, in 40 different states. So mostly Republican states have denounced it. And so if you do a little bit of research on Common Core, just like Google this, you'll see that. And so a lot of it is, is, is encouraging kids to use critical thinking, which again, that sounds great, but certain things are presented in a very like right. I know what way. you mean. I know what you mean because yeah. I feel like to to push people more into their left brain masculine energy, especially at such a young age when you're supposed to be just living your life and allowing for yourself to experience life rather than analyze every aspect of it because that's when we're in when we're in like fight or flight that's when we're like in our analyzing brain and that's when we need really like to it's almost like we're in that space because there's a threat outside and that's how i lived most of my life growing up so my childhood i did have moments of like freedom and childhood but for the most part i did feel like it, i was a little adult yeah. so i think that can just take away from just a child's essence, their innocence, their ability to just enjoy and be present and be in the moment and have that connection, which we're all trying to get back to. I think when you awaken, it's, I want to get yeah. back to that place of being, of just being able to be with myself and really just enjoy the moment and throw away this notion that I have to be so critical all the time and thinking all the time, even the critical thinking, like, it's like, right. why am I critical? And why am I even thinking? Why can't I just be, you know? What I think is interesting is that if you can see that it's a game, and that's why I thought it was interesting that you were able to see that, yeah. is that just from a logical perspective, as a Black person, if you buy into the whole Black Lives Matter thing and you want people to be anti-racist and you need to denounce this and that and we have Black History Month and all of this stuff, don't you see that the fact that somebody is giving you something just because you're Black or they're shopping with you just because you're Black, right. I don't want you to shop with me because I'm black. I want you to support me because you think I have a quality shop or you think my stuff is, is going to bring you value. I don't need a handout. I'm yeah. not a charity case. So I don't know. I just feel like it puts us back. And I think that's just a wrong way of looking at things. And I think it builds a lot of resentment because mm -hmm. it's not just black people that are minority. What about the Asian community? What about mm -hmm. other communities? Mm -hmm. And you know, when I did research, Yale actually was discriminatory against white people. They were accepting more black and Asian people than white people. People don't talk about these things. I know exactly where you're coming from. And I, I also know why that could be like almost, it can be almost like something that people look at and say, there, it's for good reason that Yale is accepting 
more Asian people and more black people, because I feel like the scales have been tipped so much. And this is the thing about, this is when it gets a little confusing. It can look like to get back to the balance point. What One thing I've learned just in spirituality, like in, in, in my journey is that when I'm too much on one side of anything, I have to go to the extreme opposite to even yeah. get back to balance. Right. You know? Right. Good point. So I think that when we do see these things where it's like black people are getting so much more now, like recognition for certain things or shot black or focus on black people. I think that's, that is necessary in order for us to get back to a state of balance because it the scales have been tipped so much for so long in, I want to say in, in the favor of those who are not people of color, white people. It's been, it has been tipped that way. I think it's, it's important not to get confused though. It's important not to get almost, because we can easily go from it. Let's take it out of race for a second and go to the patriarchy and then go into, it can, that can flip too. And then all of a sudden we have a matriarchy where now the women are the ones who are abusing the men. That's why I want to bring this to, first, I want to bring it to the victim and victimizer paradigm because yeah, it goes in layers. It yeah. goes in layers. Right. right now, the heat is on race, Absolutely. but it can go to gender. Right. It can go to binary. Knowledge. It can go to any of that. Absolutely. It can go to uh, religion. Right. It can go to whether you're vaccinated or not. It can go to anything. And yeah. that's the thing that's so tricky. Mm -hmm. So the next thing I want to talk about is the victim or victimizer paradigm, because that's what it boils down to. Which one are you subscribing to? Because really what it boils down to, whether it's black, white, gender, it doesn't matter. It's the sense of entitlement, I believe, because I think ultimately if you're tapped into self-love, if you're tapped into the love frequency, you're worthy, you're on your path that's in, in alignment for you. It doesn't matter if people shop because of what gender, what, whatever, you're good. Yeah. And so I feel like if you get out of the trap, correct me if, if I'm wrong, yeah. if you get out of the trap of labels, no matter what it is that you're attached to, you're free. I 100% agree with you. I think you're thinking from such a spiritual perspective. And I, if I want to bring it back down to the physical really quickly, because sometimes the physical takes a lot longer to catch up with the spiritual. You can have a thought and then it doesn't manifest in the physical right away. So I think you are looking at it from such a, a space. Of being I'm so up here. <laughs> you're so far ahead. But if we bring it back to the physical, it's, we've been fucked. You know what I mean? Like we. But isn't that a victim mentality? It is a victim mentality, but that doesn't mean that we are not victims. Yeah, but <laughs> so, I'm so let me explain. Let me explain because this is—I I swear it took me down the most complicated. Because I'm I, loving this conversation. I, by yes, way. I am too. Because I literally was you. Like your way of thinking was my way of thinking for such a long time, and then I had to come back down to. Cause I'm like, black people, we're not victims. Fuck that shit. Like what we, we I was on the Kanye train when he said, um, slavery is a choice. So I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah, it is. Cause I get to choose if I wake up and I decide that I'm a slave to someone else. No, nobody has that type of power over me. I'm not going to agree. I know. And I know you agree. Cause that was how <laughs> I'm like, yes, absolutely. So when I was in this space of victim victimizer and I'm like, yo, nobody can make us a victim. I think it's funny. I was listening to one of your podcasts and you were talking about masculine and feminine energy. And you said you always felt more in the dominant masculine, which I always did too. And the dominant masculine actually. So this goes into, okay, where do I, okay. It's so complicated, but it's so simple. So I'm going to try to simplify this in a way in which it makes sense. When we come back down to the ground level in the physical world, black people have been fucked. And so I think it's important to champion black people and give them space to, Hey, purchase black, buy black, focus on black people, give them something because they've been so far behind and not 
because they wanted to be, but because there was a system created that created them to be start from six feet under where other people um, would start from, even as I think even the whole immigrant thing, even coming from a country where my parents didn't, I feel like they, they knew their, their sense of value, but then came here and then they were a little bit confused. And so watching that, watching them navigate a new world made me realize that this America is funny because you can't see it when you're in it. You can't see the trap when you're in the trap. And I think my privilege was that I grew up with immigrant parents who had a completely different perspective of life and then grew up around white people who had a completely different perspective. And then I was able to find the third way, which is completely out of the whole system. It's, I don't feel in any way anchored down to any belief system. And that is so free, freeing because then I can look at something like Black Lives Matter and look at it from both sides. I can look at it from the side right, of one right. person who's completely caught up in the, the movement and also the person yeah. who doesn't agree with it at all. And I can understand right. both of them and say, okay, one of them is the archetype of the victim and one yeah, of them yeah. is the archetype of the victimizer. Absolutely. Because the thing about the victimizer is it's not bad. I think we put such a, what we've done in this life so far, we've, we're so behind. I feel like people are going to read back on our time in 200 years and be like, what the fuck was wrong with them? Like, you know, because <laughs> to champion a victim, and then right. put a victim on a pedestal and tell them, Hey, you don't have to take any responsibility and to, to burn the victimizer at the stake. It's absolutely, yeah. no, it makes no sense because they are two sides of the same coin. Mm -hmm. And so I look at it and I'm like, okay, this is what it comes down to. It comes back down to the masculine and the feminine. When we've all been used, we've all been created through, we've all been created with these energies, the masculine energy and the feminine energy. And when we are in our divine selves, we have the divine masculine, divine uh, feminine, and those energies work together to create what is God power godlike power, right? And you can create anything in this life. And that's how people manifest beautiful things for themselves. And they create their own lives and they live in heaven on earth. They do live on he heaven on earth and they create what they desire. And I think Tesla even said, if you look at the three, he said something, I'm going to paraphrase, I'm going to portray it. But he said something along the lines of, if you look at the three and the six of the nine, if you look at frequency, vibration, and energy, you have the, the, all the power of the world in your hands. And the three would be the, the masculine, the six would be the feminine, and then the nine is God. And the three and the six, when they come together, mm. they make the nine. And that's God. So how can we make sure people have no power? We distort their three. We distort their six. We split them. So we have a masculine. Now we have the distorted masculine energy that's running the world. And then we have the distorted feminine that's begging to be seen. And mind you, black people and white people are a representation of distorted masculine, distorted feminine. Even in color wise, the masculine energy is a spark. It's a sperm. It's a light. And the feminine energy is the egg. It's the womb. It's the dark. So as black, as browner people, like our pigment is darker, we are the unconscious realm. We are the six, we are the feminine. And then the white people, and I'm not talking about every single black person is a feminine energy because I really am a, a more in my, I feel like I was a dominant masculine energy my whole life. But it gets really complicated because what happens is then you have a world that now doesn't want people to find their power. So it distorts the message even further and says, oh, if you're in your six energy, if you're in the victim energy, if you're in the feminine energy, we're going to actually champion you. And we're going to give you space to be a fucking, not have to take any responsibility. You don't have mm -hmm. to take responsibility for the things that are happening in your life. It's okay. You're a victim. And burn right. the, the victimizer, which is usually a man, and the victim is usually a woman, or it's usually black people who are the victims, white people who are the victimizers. It just, it's so fucking obvious to me how stupid it is that 
I just, for me, I'm just like, damn, like how do people not see them? And then, and then I try to remind myself that it's not meant to be seen. It's actually purposefully, it, it's made so it's not seen. Of course. Like sometimes it's the most obvious things that aren't seen. It's the things that are out in the open that you can't really see. Ironic. Yeah. And I go in and out of that. Absolutely. And I, I go in and out of that with a lot of topics, especially lately, being able to look at things from a spiritual perspective and then getting back into my body and then looking at it from a human perspective, because I have to take into account my own experiences as well. And then being biracial, that makes your life experience different. Life experience from a white male perspective is going to be different from a Black female perspective is going to be different from an immigrant perspective. So all of these things come into account. And, you know, what I've now just come to the conclusion of is that everybody's right. There's really yes. no point in trying to convince anyone of your reality because everybody's reality is right for them until they decide otherwise. You can only change your mind when you as the individual decide, okay, I'm convinced I've changed my mind. It doesn't really happen by somebody else. You can plant seeds, but Really, it's that own person's decision. I'm going to subscribe to this or not. Whether it's conscious or subconscious, me being able to let go of that feeling of I got to push my views or push my really liberated me because now I just feel like if I feel called to share this message, I will. I'm not going to not share my message, but then that's it. I can let go. I can surrender, as yeah. you you yeah. know say. So I want to talk about that. How do you get out of the trap? <laughs> oh. God, I'm still figuring it out. I'm still trying to figure it out because I feel like, I feel that the way to get out the trap, I know the way I haven't fully, I don't think in my own life I've fully, I think it's a continuous journey. You hit points where you have to relearn the same things almost, but on a deeper level. So it's like a, an, an a onion and peeling back the layers and every layer is almost like the same thing, but you're learning it deeper and understanding it deeper. I think the way to get out the trap is to really understand yourself and to understand yourself would mean that there's a victimizer in you and a victim in you. And if you can understand the things that piss you off more than anything, then you could see your own shadow. Cause I look at light workers as shadow workers because it's the light that actually casts the shadow. And so I feel like when you're in the darkness, you don't see anything. Like it's, you have to be, you have to wake up and then you can start doing the work. So then you can say, okay, now the light is on. I could see my shadow. Let me understand it. Let me, I love that. yeah, let me go into it because I think ultimately the most freedom is in knowing ourselves. And I think in a lot of ways we escape ourselves, we run from ourselves and to truly feel at, like at peace with yourself. I think you have to really look at, study yourself. And that's how you get out the trap by studying yourself, by understanding your feminine energies and your masculine energies. And usually it's easy. The biggest hack I've learned is the people in your life are a reflection of that which you are, and that the people in your life, especially the ones that, the things that piss you off, especially, are a direct reflection of your shadow. And so if you can just look at people and then say, where is this in me? Or how am I, how have I created this? What part of myself have I disowned that's now trying to reach out to me through this person and how they're triggering me? Then you can really tap into yourself and, and then get out the trap because the moment you really merge those energies, the divine feminine, divine masculine, you've reached your nine power, your God power. And I think from that space, you can create anything. I love that. What advice would you give to those that are listening that maybe are aware of the fact that, okay, and I love that analogy that you gave up, you can't do the shadow work until the light is on, which yeah. is almost like until you've awakened to that. So yeah. I really like that. What advice would you give to those that are listening that are aware of that now and recognize that, okay, the people around me are the mirrors 
I've got some toxic people I may need to cut ties with. Like, how do you suggest they go about that? Especially if it's somebody that may be close to them, like a family member or maybe even a spouse. How do you coach someone? What would you say to them? I think I feel what's most important in those moments where you awaken and realize everything in your life is a lie and the people you're around are all you guys are we're always hiding behind each other essentially that's what happens when you awaken you realize that in a lot of ways you've tolerated things that you shouldn't have and and so I think realizing that it's firstly not your responsibility to try to change anyone because at that moment when you wake up you're like oh man I gotta change everyone you gotta change that person I gotta you know make them all up yeah, I got to wake them all up and I got to make sure they see what I see. So I'm going to, that's going to lead to disappointment. Trust me. Like I, I've been there, done that. That'll just lead you to quite, quite. A- How long did that uh, last for you? How long were you in that zone? Do you remember? Man, I probably, I want to say a year. I think I got out of the, the I got quickly realized that people don't want to hear shit from you. And like, yeah, the year was more so me like coming to terms with why they wouldn't want to change. Why they wouldn't, why they wouldn't want the truth. Like, why would that not something that serves you? Why would you not want to hear it? And then I realized, okay, people have their own journeys and everybody is, is there. Ultimately, I think I believe in the concept of shadow contracts where, and the concept of soul contracts and that mm-hmm. everybody in our life is there for a reason. And, and so I think if you could look at, the advice I would give someone is look at what this person really use this person as a moment in your life to learn about yourself back to that I think that's so important to to take these people and every trigger use it as an opportunity because that's what I did is I took every trigger that came up whether it was my parents or the people in my life my friends my my family members anyone who would trigger me I would write down what it was that triggered me and then I would go deeper into myself it was like keys like I was being handed keys at the moment it was very hurtful of course I felt a lot of like thank you yeah I felt a lot of pain but I think um the the blessing that comes with being awakened and the blessing that comes with really seeing things is you're able to understand that okay there's something bigger than this and I think a lot of people also another thing that I want to say is don't get caught in the the lie that you're alone or the lie that like that people are against you because i think it's really easy to start to feel like oh the whole world is against me and it's me against them and i want i think it's really important to understand that at the end of the day we're all super super connected that doesn't and that goes back to the whole concept of there is evil in the world i think sometimes when we awaken we can also go to the other side of love and light and there's no evil in the world and everything is so great and perfect and the light is shining and no there's fucking evil in the world and you will get <laughs> you will get a reality check if you start to to start to play around with the laws of the universe and pretend like there aren't objective laws that run in the universe there are but i can tell you what works for me and that's been to understand that everyone who's in my life especially those who trigger me are treats they really are and that that i can learn a lot from them because they will bring you back to yourself i love that triggers are treats triggers are treats man like you that's it that's your quote there it's bittersweet you know it really is bittersweet because it's yeah it's triggers uh, are treats they are bittersweet yeah they are so bittersweet that's that's i'm telling you that's you're not into a song sing 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 you just inspired me seriously (laughs) that is amazing i love that triggers are treats they are bittersweet wow it's beautiful it's so true there's opportunity in everything and in every moment all you have to be is aware enough to catch them it's such a beautiful thing i remember the last time i was triggered because it doesn't even happen that often anymore it's almost yeah, a yeah. feeling if you feel that sharp feeling in your heart of oh, no i'm 
hurt? And it's like foreign. Wait, hurt? What is that? Huh? Yeah. Okay. Right? Let's process it right here, right now. So right. it's very interesting. How do you process when that moment me, you are triggered? Yeah. How do you process? That? For me, I'm in a place now where I catch it right away. I feel it. And so what I used to do is ignore it because I thought mm-hmm. that's what you do. Oh, yeah. I feel bad. I was in the, that's why I was laughing so hard because everything you were describing, I went through the guys, wake up. Yeah. yeah. Forward a tweet, forward this, forward to everyone. It was like I was waiting for someone to mail me my tinfoil hat, basically. Yeah. So I was one of, I was definitely that person. Then I went through the whole love and light phase. Like, you just got to be love and light. Love and light, guys. Love and light. So I went through that. And now it's just, I recognize you have to feel it. The body trauma feelings, it doesn't go anywhere. So you have to deal with it. And I recognize that if you don't deal with it here and now, you're going to deal with it at some point. And so that means it's going to either turn into you taking it out on someone Mm. or if something then triggers you so hard. It all comes tumbling down and you're crying when you're taking a shower or whatever. So now if I feel triggered, I process it right then and right there. And so even Mm -hmm. in my last relationship, when we would get into an argument, which was very rare, we're both pretty spiritual and open, but he didn't really like confrontation as much, but we made this agreement that whenever we had a disagreement, we would handle it right then and there. And in that moment, if he did something that would upset me, I'm Mm -hmm. like, okay, this is how I feel. As awkward or vulnerable as it would be. And I would say, okay, this is how I'm feeling right now. And this is why I'm feeling this way. Yeah, good. So good. As awkward as it would be. And I was thinking, this is why it's making me feel insecure or whatever. And he'd just be like, okay, wow, that's pretty. You're being very blunt right now. But hey, that's what we agreed to do. And so I would just literally share how I am feeling in the moment, no matter how awkward that may be. And I would share that with that person. And also, if I'm feeling this alone, I would share that with myself. And whether I'm saying it in my head, if I'm in a public space and I'm feeling it, or I would say it out loud if I'm home alone. I'm just being honest. This is what I do. And it's it, this is what helps me. And so I feel the emotion. I let it run its course through my body. I don't try to interfere with it. I just observe it just the same way as I do in meditation. Mm-hmm. So I don't try to regulate it or control it or try to stop it. That We know when your heart starts beating faster, when somebody cuts you off in traffic or whatever, that feeling, whatever the feeling is, I just let it be without trying to control it. Mm-hmm. And then I just I actually send it gratitude. Good. And I just, I appreciate my body for allowing it to do whatever it's doing. And then I notice when I do that and that awareness, because I'm sending it love and gratitude, it doesn't last very long because it doesn't match. The hurt doesn't match with what I'm sending. And so then it just stops. And then I can just evaluate, okay, why did this trigger me? Why did whatever this person say trigger me? Because it has nothing to do with the person. That's their reality. They're just mirroring back what's going on within me. And so once I can get to the root cause or issue of whatever it is that's triggering me, then I can figure out a solution. Mm. And nine times out of 10, I can solve it right then and there. And then if it's with the person I'm with, if I'm in a relationship, I could present a solution. And so I feel that if you're with a conscious partner who's willing to have these types of vulnerable conversations, you should only have to have a conversation like that if they triggered you once if they're truly present with you and they're truly listening and for lack of better words taking notes seriously they have to write it down that's fine and they're paying attention and they value you then within reason then their behavior can change and that's on both ends like i said within reason if you tell somebody how you need to be valued for or cared for and they know your love language yeah and they're willing to meet you there hey if your love language isn't bring me flowers 
but it's give me a back rub and they keep bringing you flowers and that's not your love language right. like obviously there's a disconnect so i think if you talk to the person you have an understanding then there you go there's communication that's my number one value by the way is communication mm -hmm. and so i think if a person can do that and you actually listen to understand versus react you can have a beautiful relationship Absolutely. and then if it doesn't work you can part ways because yeah. we've addressed it it didn't work it didn't work and you right. can still have a friendship and yeah. that's actually what what happened yeah that yeah that's so important i love that you said it was so awkward like it would be so oh, yeah because I think we have to for anyone listening i think it's important to really recognize that it's okay to feel awkward it's okay to feel you're human so i look at it like there's the human and then there's the higher self or the divine self and we're it's both part of us. So it's okay to feel certain emotions and it's okay to be afraid and it's okay to, to, to feel like this is very uncomfortable for me and still to show up knowing that there's a purpose for that. Because I think it's interesting. You said you would say how you felt and that felt awkward, but we've never been taught how to talk about how we feel. We've that, that has never been in a school curriculum. I remember when I was younger, all the way up until actually, now that I think about it all the way up to until high school, I had this thing where the first day of school, I'd be so overwhelmed with energy that I would cry. Like I would get to school and I would cry and the teachers didn't know what to do with me. So they would call my, like in grade school, they would call my um, brother into the, the classroom and be like, hey, can you comfort your sister? Because they didn't know what to do. They were just confused. And then up until high school, I would go into the bathroom. In high school, I wouldn't cry in front of the class. I would go into right. the bathroom and just start crying because I felt the overload of energy and I didn't know how to express that. I didn't know how to right. talk about it. I didn't know what Can't energy it. was. I didn't know any of this stuff. And to dismiss the fact that we're spiritual beings, and we're also human beings, is what created this whole dynamic in the first place where people have really difficult, a difficult time relating to other people or connecting with other people or communicating with other people. And I think it's so important to really get awkward, get feel that awkwardness, feel that discomfort and have those hard conversations. Yeah, but you, you bring up such a valid point. How can we connect with other people if we don't even know how to connect with ourselves? Mm. And so get awkward with yourself. Talk to yourself. Oh my God. Yeah, it's crazy. I, I go for the walks and I legitimately talk to myself. Okay. I turn on my voice memos and I have conversations with myself, with myself. I literally said, because that's the truth. Look at that. That's true. That that we have true. conversations with ourselves mm -hmm. in our mind all the time. Right. Absolutely. So what are, what are you saying around, I walk around the park and I'm talking to myself. I'm recording myself, but it's also me talking to myself. I'm working out my own thoughts and I'm working out my own, what I'm feeling and stuff. And then I always, in the back of my mind, there's always this like, the ego, the ego saying, people are going to think you're crazy. Look at you just walking around. And then half the time I have my um, hood on, so you can't even see my headphones. So look at you, you look crazy walking around talking to yourself. And then I'm just like, no, I, I, this is for me. And so it's funny because there is the conditioning is still strong in, in even myself, who's done a lot of work to, to <laughs> break free from the traps, but that voice of the ego and to, to really, my sister always says embrace to erase. And so when I take that voice and I bring it in and I say, oh, I hear you. And you said something like that. Like I, it's okay. Like that I'm feeling this way. It's okay that I'm feeling this way, but I choose to just let it be. And then it'll go away. Like it embrace to erase. So you brought that up too, which is great. Yeah. I don't remember what the question was, but yeah. Either way, something I, I just realized is what do you think a solo podcast episode is? Yeah, exactly. Talking to yourself into a microphone. Right. 
about whatever you want to talk about. How many podcasts are out there? Millions. I know. What is but this solo podcast you know, episode? It's, so it's almost acceptable and appropriate exactly. when you're doing it for other people. Exactly. But when you're doing it for yourself, it's not appropriate. Why? Or acceptable. Why? Because we're almost in a we're in a world where it's it's, it's, ego. it's like the dark ages it really does serve the ego go on walks and talk to yourself because you have to get uncomfortable you have to look at what your ego says when you do things that are outside of your comfort zone because then the ego is going to come up and that's good you want your ego to come up you want to understand yourself you want to get to know yourself in that on that level and also understand your conditioning because the ego is just what it is just the holder of conditioning so to understand your programming and your conditioning because a lot of people don't know anything about them themselves. Like they literally have no idea because they've never, they're just always on go mode. And I think that's why it's really good this time we're in. It's creating a lot of, a lot of, I think it's pushing and forcing people to sit with themselves and really understand themselves. So that's really good. And so when the ego comes up, it's not, I think sometimes we can get really uncomfortable even with ourselves. And that's why we escape and we go call a friend or because it's much easier to distract ourselves. That's why everything in life is a distraction from the truth that you are, it comes back down to you are the victimizer and the victim. And they're both very uncomfortable. And once you can look at the programming that has created the victim in you and the programming that has created the victimizer in you, which is really the victimizer is just the part of you that wants to that wants to control for the sake of safety. So you feel that if you can control the situation, you're safer there. And so you become a victimizer because you are infringing on other people's free will. That's a victimizer because you're trying to control something that's outside of your control, but you feel safer when you're controlling everything around you, even if it has nothing to do with you. And then the victim is the one who's given itself up to the other side that's controlling even though it's the same thing it's the same person it's the same it's the exact same energy it's the same frequency in, in order for you to even vibe on a level of frequency vibrate on a frequency that you're attracting a whole lot of victims or a whole lot of victimizers into your life it just shows you what dominant energy you're playing in and so i realized it came to me a few actually just a few weeks ago that the distorted masculine what it really wants is attention so those are the attention seekers that are just out there like always at the expense of anything else seeking attention and then the distorted feminine at the expense of anything else especially itself seeks validation and so i realized that if you really look at these energies and really look at yourself I think you can so deeply find your way into divinity. And that's like the main thing. Wow. It's a journey for sure. <laughs> yeah. So something I want to touch on two parts, a two part question. I know often when you have had a childhood trauma or something that was very defining in your life, like abuse or an alcoholic parent or something that was very like, I can pinpoint it. You could blame that on okay this is because that happened this is because but then on the flip side you know, maybe you had an okay childhood nothing really that nothing really bad happened but it wasn't also really that great either like i didn't get the attention i needed or maybe you're attracting people that aren't really giving you what you needed and you're a people pleaser but nothing really that bad happened and yet you're still not really happy with where you are mm -hmm. so can you give advice to people I would say to get out of themselves because i think a lot of times when you're so focused on yourself for the people who who are so like, oh, this happened to me and I can't get out of it. Or even those who don't know what happened, but just feel a constant feeling of anxiety or depression. It's get out of yourself so, because the ego has a hold on you at that point. The ego is really what's controlling you at that point in your life. So if you can get out of yourself and you can even do something that requires 
you give to someone else or you do something that isn't about you and you do something, you can get your power back from that. You can start to feel like, oh, I do bring, because that's just a sense of that those people, what they feel more than anything is a lack of uh, worth. They feel that like they have no value. And so I think getting, connecting back to the fact that you do have value because you have something to offer regardless of who you are or what you've been through and if you can give back a little bit i think slowly you could get yourself out of that grip the ego really has because that's just the ego's language of and this happened to me so i can't do anything and this happened to me and so i have to live this way and yeah that makes a lot of sense yeah where do i begin can you give some like quick pointers on how people can just start doing the work the shadow work that people absolutely talk about yeah, go to the, your nearest drugstore or Walmart or Target and get yourself a journal and some pens because that's all you really need. And and write on the top of, on the journal, on the top of it, how am I feeling? And write that every single day and sit with yourself and write down what you're feeling and really just access, drop down into your heart, close your eyes, drop down into your heart and write, allow yourself to write whatever it is that's coming through for you. And I guarantee you, the more you connect with how you're feeling, the easier all of this will be and the more sense all of it will make and the more connected you'll feel to every soul around you, those, those who you don't know, because you're connecting to yourself. So I would say start there, yeah. Journaling absolutely changed my life. And I love that idea of no rules. Like I, I definitely have formatted journaling that I do, but I love this concept of just write, just whatever comes out. Just be present with yourself. A great way to be aware as well just putting pen to paper and not using your phone. I really love that. It's definitely different when you write pen to paper, even when I'm journaling, because I have an online journal on Word. So it's a different energy. I think nothing can be, and especially if you're in the beginning of this journey for yourself and you're really starting to wake up and you're starting to feel like, I want more, I want to understand myself more. There's something powerful about the, the fact that you're literally, uh, and the science will prove it, this, I don't have the scientific terms, but something about having a pen in your hand and writing like directly from your hand is completely different and onto paper is completely different than write like typing something out i don't know i know it works though it's different so write it out yeah yeah <laughs> yeah very true I, I can tell you just from my own experience very true can you share with us if having a routine has made a difference for you and if so what is your morning routine like Yes. So yeah, I think having a routine can really put you in a state, a different state of mind. Cause sometimes we can wake up and morning. I feel like morning routines are really important. I, I don't think that it needs to be so rigid. And so like, you have to do this and then do this and then do this. Cause I know a lot of coaches and a lot of high performance coaches will tell you, Oh, do 20 minutes of working out and then 20 minutes of journaling and 20 minutes of listening to something inspirational. And so I love to listen to those people, but I don't love to take their advice because I feel like everyone's different. And so for me, as someone who, you have to find what, what works for you, but I think the most important thing I think everyone should be doing, and I, this is what I do, is a gratitude journal. Every day I write a page of what I'm grateful for. I think that does something to your mind and changes the way you think. But my morning routine, I do have one, I'll tell you what it is. So I wake up. And then I take a shower <laughs> and then I, in my gratitude journal, then I go for my walk, 20 minute walk, and then I meditate. And if I don't want to meditate, cause there's days where I don't want to actually sit down and meditate, I'll have the intention to meditate on my walk and it'll be a meditative walk. So I'll be walking and I'll be put myself in a state of, of real allowance. 
that's really what meditation is a real state of allowance and then i also about my like i have a dream journal so i'll write what i dreamt about if i can remember it so yeah that's the morning routine love that awesome What's yours? Mine, it has changed over the years because I definitely, I was in real estate for a little while as well back in New York. And so I definitely can relate to what the business people did. So I was getting up at 5 a.m. I listened to something inspirational. I was very rigid. And and then I worked in sales for many years. I would go work out in the morning. So I've tried so many morning routines. But what I'm doing right now that's really working for me that I love is I get up, I meditate pretty much almost immediately from the research I've done is that when your brain just first wakes up, that's the best time to get go into a meditation. And so I, I meditate pretty much immediately. I try to do at least 15 minutes, but it just depends on what I'm feeling like. Sometimes a half an hour just depends. Uh, sometimes silence, sometimes guided meditation. After I meditate, then I'll journal. I use a uh, future self journal prompt by the holistic psychologist. I love her account. And so I, I do that literally takes a couple minutes. It's very fast. Then after I do that, I just started a new thing. I don't have her Instagram handle offhand, but it is a, it is a 21 day challenge. I'm going to turn into a habit to basically, this is crazy. It's completely like left field right now, but it's basically to reduce under eye puffiness and under eye circles naturally. Nice. And so I've seen before and after pictures, and it looks like you got Botox or work done. Is it the it's cold spoon? Mind blowing. What? Is it the cold spoon? No, it's completely oh. natural, just through oh. exercise and stretching. Oh. Which sounds completely crazy to me. How can you get rid of under eye puffiness through stretching and doing like weird stretches on your face? That's what it is. Nice. And I was like, okay, I'll try this out. All right, I'll try it. So I'm on day three. I'll tell you how it goes. I took a before picture. So I know this is so random on the podcast right now, but it's all natural and holistic. And she's from Russia, I think. I found her on Instagram. She's adorable, Mm -hmm. actually, with her little accent. And so I actually want to have her on the podcast because she's very, like, she seems very, like, into this. And she's just all about natural lifestyle and you don't need to have surgery. Her skin looks amazing. So I'm trying this new routine and it's really simple and it's just these really unique stretches and it gets your blood flowing and going. And yeah, so I'm doing that in the morning after I get out of bed. I now put my phone really far away from my bed so Mm. there's no more snoozing. And then I just get my day going. And then from there, I joined a boxing gym about three months ago. So it's five minutes from my house. And it's a 30-minute workout, full-body workout. And four, four days a week. I go there. So I went there this morning. And that's, so that's awesome. my routine. I want to try that. I've always wanted to get into yeah. boxing. That sounds it's, really it's really cool. fun. It's yeah. fun. And it's, I don't have to think. I just go in. It's 30 minutes. And that's working for me. Right. I've tried so many different workouts. Right. Like, yeah. You have to find what works for you. Yeah. I like to not have to think about it. And it's just like three of us, up to three people because of what's going on. And so that works for me. And nice. it's great. So that's been my routine. So cool. Yeah, I like it. So there's some mental, there's some physical, and the yeah, writing. Yeah. So. I think if you can, even if it's just a few minutes, if you can hit the mental, physical, spiritual, and just emotional, which is journaling and stuff like that, if you can hit those phases of or parts of your life, if you can really just give them some sort of attention in the morning, I feel that your life can really improve and change. And it's, it's really great. I love that. Yeah, it's been interesting. And the biggest takeaway I've gotten while being on this journey and the advice I would give to anyone listening is be kind with yourself yes. and be have self-compassion and patience. And I was listening to a podcast earlier, Aaron Dowdy, love his podcast. And he was talking about how a lot of the things, this kind of goes back to our earlier conversation, a lot of the things that have been set up have been set up so that we fail. 
Yeah. And so if you keep that in mind, you can be a little kinder to yourself. He was talking about a little ding on your iPhone. Yeah. Those are endorphins. Like your dopamine, mm-hmm. it's a dopamine hit. Yeah. So don't be so hard on yourself. But you can do things to set yourself up for success. So he mentioned on his episode, put your phone on do not disturb. Setting up a schedule. Like I have a, a tool that I use, like the daily 10. So I know these are the 10 most important things I got to get done. There's a method uh, called eat the frog, meaning the one the thing. thing. Yeah. Just get it over with. So there's yeah. so many hacks and tools now mm-hmm. at your disposal that if you just do that, you can make progress and then you can eliminate that guilt, fear, shame, those low frequency. Right. And vibrations. I think you just, you just triggered in me the, the realization that like, I guess triggers can be a good thing too, but the realization that school set us up for failure because in school, it's uh, especially public school, that's, and, and just that system, you're given a curriculum and you're told this is the, this is what you need to focus on, even if you have no interest in it. And I think in order to really succeed, what does success mean? It means your your Napoleon Hill said it's, it's it's a progression of a worthy ideal. So you're working towards something, and you know what you're working towards. So the, you said something about planning, and I, I realized for myself I had almost like a resistance to planning anything because I hated the concept of structure for so long because of the way that I I felt like it traumatized me like that that because I was yeah. a horrible student in the sense of like. When it comes to school, like I, I, even though I did graduate up until the bachelor's level, I hated school. I really did. And the only reason why I did that is because I have immigrant parents and anyone who has immigrant parents will tell you, you have to go to school. school. (laughs) It's the most important thing in the world. Oh Um, God, yes. But I saw through it. At such a young age, I saw through it. I saw that the teachers weren't there to help me. I saw that this was all based on competition and it would get the kids to really like, I'm the A student, I'm the number one student. And instead of collaboration, really what it was building the ego more and it was about competition. But I want the people who are listening to realize that you're not a failure if you feel like you didn't do all 10 things on your list or you don't have a list or you don't know what's happening in your life. It's okay. Like we have to work through the trauma before we can even really do anything. I I truly believe. And so if you're working on yourself and if you're waking up and you just set an intention and, and just one intention a day and intention will create for you. So you don't have to worry too much about, I don't know how I'm going to get that done. Just set the intention, write it down, write down today. My intention is to, and then write that down. And, and if you just, watch how that in itself will shape your life. It'll work, things will work out for you, but I want people to not be so like, man, because I think a lot of times the high performance coaches or the people who are the business world, the entrepreneur people, a lot of them are coming from a space of not really being in, in, I don't think a lot of them are very trauma informed. So a lot of people who are depressed and and anxious will listen to that and feel like their lives are just, they're just completely behind in life and they're not doing the right thing. But I just want you to know that, no, you're exactly where you need to be. And if you set an intention, that in itself will create for you. And it's not that hard. They make it seem a lot harder than it is because school was like, let's complicate, let's overcomplicate the simple things in life so that they're continuously chasing their own tails. So this is all a, this is all a trap and you're okay. You're on the right path. And just set those intentions. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I I agree. For a long time, I believed that you needed to work really hard to get the things that you want. And so it's confusing because I still work a lot. I work every day. Like I, I can't really think of the last day I had a day off, but then it's like a weird thing because in a, in, at the same time, I feel like I, got, like I have every day off. 
because I'm doing what I love every day. Yeah, exactly. And so it's such a, it's a funny thing because I lost my job during everything that has happened because I was working in hospitality. And at first I was frustrated. And then I was like, oh, I'm getting this extra money from the government. Yay. And then I was able to pay off bills. Yeah. And then I got a personal coach for a while. And yeah. then I got all these other investments. And I was right. like, okay, this is all great. Right. And then I was like, okay, I need, to, I need to start something. I need to start a business. This mm -hmm. is what I want to do. I'm going to focus on this. But then mm -hmm. I felt, okay, I want to go back to work. And I was going back and forth with myself. Yes. And now I'm at a place where I'm like, okay, no, I want to go all in on this. Yeah. I can't even imagine working for another person. Right. And so now I feel like, okay, I need to already show up as if I am doing this full time because I am doing this full time, becoming that. And so even though it's hard work in the sense of like, I, I realize there's a lot of stuff I need to create and do in order to you know monetize this. But at the same time, like you said, when you're doing the things that you are in alignment and the things that you love doing, whether that's podcasting, whether that's if you want to be an author and you're writing every day. Or whether that's, I don't know, you love to crochet or cook or braid hair or make movies or create content, make TikTok videos, doesn't matter. The point is when you are living in your purpose yeah. and you figure out what that is, you're going to attract people, circumstances, yeah. and situations to create exactly what you need to live the life that you want. Absolutely. And, and that will come in the ways that you need. Yeah, 100%. I want to ask you, so for those who are listening who are like, really at a point where they're fed up with their jobs and they're just tired of that. They don't want to be there anymore. They're tired of it. And I know you got laid off or fired from your job, which congratulations, because that is some, <laughs> sometimes the best thing that can happen to us. So how do you go from that space of you being in survival, like in that ego conditioning of, I need to survive. I need a job. I need to, money needs to come in to, to letting go and trusting that something is going to present itself for you and take care of your needs and that you're okay. And you can focus then on what it is that you want to create. Faith. Yeah, absolutely. Faith. What does that look like for you though? Like how, um, how do you translate that for, for someone? So I've always had the belief and there's a difference between belief and faith. And so I've always had the belief and I say belief because this was just my belief on a physical 3d human being thinking level even before my awakening i always had the belief that i always have just enough okay. i don't know where it came from okay. i don't know who taught me that mm -hmm. sincerely yeah. but i always had the belief that i always have just enough like okay. i never thought to myself that i would end up homeless i never thought to myself that i would be on the street that just that thought just never occurred to me even when i had to file bankruptcy after my divorce and i was sleeping on my dad's in my dad's spare bedroom eventually yeah. i had to sleep on my aunt's couch like yeah. i was living out of a suitcase i was pretty rock bottom yeah and i was even suicidal at one point but still i always figured when it came to money i would always have just enough like i would figure it out and somehow I always just figured it out. That was my belief system. And so I always attracted people, circumstances alone or something. Yeah. And so that was just my belief. And so now that I understand manifestation and law of attraction, and to me, that's pretty scientific in my opinion. Science is a whole nother, that could be a whole nother podcast episode. And now that things, the rabbit holes have gone down. But with that being said, because I had such a strong belief, that's just a reality that presented itself to me. So to answer your question now, I don't have that belief anymore. I, I believe that whatever I put my intention towards and I want to manifest, I can bring into my life. Mm -hmm. And the amount of belief that I hold to that manifestation is how long it takes to get here. And so 
when you are able to then tap into faith means you're able to just let go and surrender, it can just manifest like that. And so I know it sounds really crazy, but people that have been able to really, whatchamacallit, tap into that can manifest things almost immediately. Yeah. Yeah. So I took a consciousness course like a while ago and I was able to stick like a crystal against the wall, which breaks all laws of gravity. Makes no sense. You can stick a a quarter against the wall. And I've had other people do it. Try it when we get off Mm -hmm. this podcast. Mm -hmm. I know. It sounds completely woo-woo crazy. And so every time I thought to myself, okay, it's not going to stick this time, it'll fall off the wall. Yeah. And every time I'm like, it's going to stick, it would yeah. stick. And yeah. so I'm like, okay, that's like measuring your level of right. faith, belief. Right. And yeah, faith, yeah. faith. And so now I'm in a space where I'm like, all right, instead of looking at things like, I want to manifest a million dollars, I want to manifest being a millionaire, that doesn't, that doesn't do anything. What right. are you going to do with that money? Right. What right. does your life look like with that money? Do you even really need a million dollars or being a millionaire? Or are you just attracted to the idea? You're only going to attract whatever you're able to live up to vibrationally. A hundred percent. And so if you are romanticizing being a millionaire and you're like, your mouth is literally watering. Oh, I want to be a millionaire. You're just romanticizing. You're never going to get there. Yeah. Because you're always going to be chasing that idea. You have to actually become that millionaire already Mm -hmm. and expect its faith and vibrationally you will just become it. And you can actually become a millionaire as soon as next week. That's how people, people win the lottery or whatever, and then also lose it because they're they're, they're, they they weren't able to stay in that frequency for very long. They can't hold the frequency. Oh my God. That's so good. Jim Rohn um, says becoming a millionaire is easy. And he literally says it like that. It's easy. Becoming a millionaire is easy, but who you have to become to be the millionaire is hard. And that's, that is so beautiful. I love that. That was so good. I'm glad you shared that. Yeah. And so that, that realization, that light bulb was just like, yeah. Oh, faith. Wow. And I, here I am all these years ago, I would watch the secret, that movie. Yeah. Literally on repeat, just the message. And, And that's the thing, like even movies like the secret and the book, like the secret, as much as it had a lot of good ideas, it didn't give the whole secret. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because positive thinking is not enough. You can't just sit on the couch and wish. You got. You have to take inspired action. Right. And that's the yeah. part they don't talk about in that Yeah, movie. they don't talk about the fact that sometimes you can take that message and, and literally go delusional and go into denial and, and start to think that you just need to think positive in order to get what you want. No, you have to actually clean up the shit that's underneath all the conditioning is really garbage and you have to clean that up. And underneath all of that, you'll find your pot of gold, but there's a lot and a lot of garbage that needs to be cleaned out, which is conditioning. Yes. Oh, yes. I'm 35 years old. So yeah. And there's probably still some shit I need to clean out. So yes. I don't think we ever stop because the conditioning is so heavy, even when we go. So even when we go outside, it's a law that that's that what's impressed must be expressed. So if I put an ad in front of you that is telling you that you're unworthy, you just pick that up. You don't even know if it's subliminally going into your wow. subconscious. You have no idea that you just literally downloaded a program that says you're unworthy. If I show you something, exactly. Yeah, I know. And yeah, so because, and then so then you have to then what's impressed is what's expressed. So then you live your life moving like something someone else projected onto you. And that's and that, going back to the race thing. If you, I was in uh, Los Angeles two years ago. I went back after that, but I was there in 2018. And I remember going into an area and I could feel the vibrations. If you are ever in LA, like 
there's neighborhoods, there's really nice neighborhoods, and then you'll like go a few blocks down and then you're in the like not so nice neighborhood. You're like in the hood. Driving up to the Airbnb and I was going through a hood and I could feel the vibration it was really low. And then I see, a, I see, a, I'll never forget this. I see a billboard, huge billboard that says, when you want the eggplant emoji, but you don't want the ring emoji. And mind you, kids are walking down this, kids are playing, kids are walking down the street every day. And they're every day wow. that being impressed into their subconscious. And wow. these are people of color. These are black people that are seeing this, right. this, um, this billboard every single day. And so they're, they're, it's being impressed and it's impressed. And so what kind of values do you think these kids are going to start to to develop? What kind of morals do you think they'll have when wow. you're teaching them something? And sexual energy, most important energy, that's your creative energy. Wow. And so if you can distort that, you destroy someone's ability to create. And so wow, that's powerful. Yeah, my point is just, I don't even know what my point was, but yeah, it's crazy. So just being, That's powerful. Yeah. Wow. I don't I, know. That just struck with me. I, like, it broke my heart, actually, when I wow. saw that billboard in that neighborhood, because I realized that in a lot of ways, your value is predetermined for you, especially if you look like us. And so I think this goes back to recognizing how important it is. If you're listening to this, how important it is to really take that power back and to mm -hmm. stop allowing and because you can there's ways in which you can make sure that things don't get impressed into your subconscious you just have to set like certain certain boundaries energetic boundaries for yourself and just you just have to have the intention and say hey to your subconscious you have to start relating to your subconscious start talking to your subconscious and saying hey i, I ask that you don't allow anything that isn't in my highest good to come in and then when you go out there then those messages just flop right back but for people who don't right. know they're being impressed every single right. day and yeah, just a good point. And I want to hear you and I hear you from both sides. And I recognize as um, a, a female who people see me as a black woman, biracial woman, whatever. I recognize that. Yeah, of course. Are there certain situations that perhaps I need to work harder? But at the end of the day, I just choose to no longer operate in that frequency or worry about it. Yeah. I'm just, I'm in my lane and I'm just, I feel like we're now in a day and age where there's just, there's so much opportunity where you can create your own luck, yeah. for lack of better words, and you can create yeah. your own audience. Absolutely. And especially with social media, you don't need a lot of people. Like I was doing the math. I forget where I read this, but if you can have, I think a hundred people or a thousand people, I forget exactly. It's, it's not a thousand. lot though. It's a loyal thousand. Yeah. Fans, yeah. And so to support you and yeah. you can make six figures, like it's not really that much. And, and and when I look at what I want, as far as what I determine to be successful and the lifestyle I want to live, I don't even necessarily need to be a millionaire. That's something that was a goal of mine for so many years. But now when I'm really looking at it, I'm like, do I really need that? Or is that something I want for ego purposes? And because oh, that's yeah. something I heard when I was in real estate and I wanted to be this famous singer. And like, now I don't even attach to that anymore with mm -hmm. all the things I've discovered in Hollywood. And I don't even have a desire for that anymore. And so yeah. this whole idea of white privilege, black, black privilege and this and that, it's like, you know what? That's fine. Yeah. It, it doesn't affect me anymore. Everybody's playing their role. Yeah. In, in this world right. and I respect everyone's views and I love having these conversations and that's oh, my yeah. role but I just I can't take it home anymore I can't yeah. let it because when I do and when I did I was just I was down here in my frequency yeah oh my god and, and that's and so important not serving me. yeah I love that you brought that up that is so important that you recognize that it just doesn't serve you and, and the beautiful thing about this life is we all have our own lanes and that's why competition or someone can take something from me is actually a lie. There's no lack. Like everybody has their own lane Enough. that yeah. has God, has all everything or whatever you believe in, creator, source, 
uh, your higher self, whatever it is that you believe in has created so much abundance for you in that lane and no one is allowed in it. Like literally you're the only one. So if you can find your way to that lane, which is, hey, go within yourself and find your way into that lane, you're driving, you're cruising and you're getting everything you desire. And all those things are manifesting in your life. I look at it a little bit differently as in, there's a system like the way the reason why I brought up what I brought up earlier about the the hood app that's what mm-hmm. it was called the hood app on top of that not even no H-O-D. you're kidding U D so that you don't that's a subconscious it's like literally straight going into the subconscious it's called the hood app I swear look it up I swear I just remembered straight subconscious shit I feel that there's a responsibility for myself and to then shine light on it to shine light on the system and i think that's very different than being caught up in the system i think sometimes being a social justice warrior you are so caught up in it that you can lose your true power you can lose your ability to actually create any change because you're part of it yeah so i think what's more important for me is when i remember those kids that were playing in front of that that advertisement i feel inspired to wake my ass up. I feel inspired to actually create the resources that I can then give back and say, hey, let me create opportunities and let me create anything that will wake people up. And so that is so important to me. And yeah, I think that's really important. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. And that's so beautiful. So we've been chatting for a while and I want to just talk about what you're providing and how you're doing that. So let's talk about that. So can you share with everyone what your coaching looks like and how they can get in touch with you and just a little bit about your services? For sure. You can get in touch with me, getoutthetrap.com. And so my, my, you read it in the beginning, like my bio and what I do, but I do intuitive healing through the container of life coaching. And what that looks like is I've always had a gift of being able to see exactly where your block, where someone's blocks are. I always had the gift to look into someone and see what is blocking them from accessing what is best for them. And so essentially that's what we do. We just talk through these blocks and, and work through these blocks. And I have healing modalities that I work with people, um, put people through that really allow them to have access, to gain access to their true self. And I have had, uh, I've had someone tell me that four sessions with me has helped her more than years of therapy. And so I'm not an undermining therapy and I'm not in any way a medical professional, but I feel that I understand trauma and I do understand some spiritual stuff that really works. So <laughs> yeah, that's what I do. Get out the trap.com. I love it. That's amazing. And how can uh, people connect with you as far as just your day to day? Are you on Instagram, Twitter? Yeah. Parlor? Yeah. I, I Social media is a tricky thing because I find the more I spend on it, the more I feel like it's taking my energy. So I don't like to spend a lot of time on it, but I, you can find me on Instagram for sure. Revive the hippie and just DM me and I'll reach back out to you and we can talk and yeah. Okay. Awesome. I absolutely love getting to know you. I'm so glad that we've reconnected. I'm going to make sure that all the links are in the show notes for those of you um, that are listening to this episode. And if you enjoyed this episode, make sure you leave a review on iTunes. It definitely makes a difference. I really appreciate you and I'm sure we're going to stay in touch as well. Before we sign off, I always ask every single guest to just share their words of wisdom or just some life advice that, you know, has really resonated with them and that they would like to share with our listeners. Beautiful. Thank you so much for having me. Firstly, uh, I really appreciate that. And I really look forward to maybe doing this again, because I feel like there's so much that I want to talk about. Yeah, there's like limited time. But for the people listening, I think 
the most important words of wisdom. First of all, the most important piece of advice anyone has ever given me was, I was like, you're making me feel. And then the person said, I can't make you feel anything. And that changed my life because it always now brings me back to, I feel this way and you didn't make me because you can't make me because ultimately I have choice, but I feel this way. And it, maybe you did trigger it, but you didn't make me feel that way. And I'm choosing to feel this way and ultimately just taking back the power. But more importantly, allow vulnerability into your life. Allow yourself to feel these uncomfortable things and do these uncomfortable things and have these uncomfortable conversations because we're all the same. We really are. We're all more alike than we think. And all of our pain and all of our suffering and all of our hurt is so it's so the same. And the moment you realize everyone is, you can really connect with people on a deeper level and really feel okay. So don't be afraid of vulnerability. It's not a weakness. It, it's, it's actually a superpower. So speaking of superpowers, happy yes. winter solstice. So <laughs> so many gems. Awesome. But yeah, I think we can just, we can leave it with that. That was yeah. power close. I appreciate you. And thank you guys for listening till the next episode. Thank you so much for listening. I would love to hear your feedback and thoughts on the show, as well as any topics you would like for me to cover on solo episodes. Please just book a time with me using calendly.com slash vibequeen slash let's vibe, and we can hop on a phone call. I can get to know you and connect directly. I look forward to hearing from you, and until next time.